0: Hey family. Let's open our Bibles to 1 John chapter 1. We are going to pick it up where Patrick left off last week. We saw uh, Patrick uh, talked about the fact that that uh, John was an eyewitness. He was there, he saw it, he heard it. He touched the Lord physically. And uh Warren Wiersbe, to quote again, he says that these are written, these words were written that we may have fellowship, that we may have joy, that we may not sin, that we may not be deceived, that we may know that we are saved and have eternal life. He's writing these words for, for all these things that take place in our lives. But ultimately, he's writing about Jesus. And, you know, we, we spent this time in the Gospel of John, and as Patrick pointed out, you know, three years there, and it was kind of cool what he pointed out, you know, three years John spent with Jesus, and we spent three years looking at uh, John's account of those three years, and, and uh, but really it's about Jesus, this logos, this uh, eternal life he calls him here in 1 John, the first couple of verses. And notice he says, too, that he was with the Father through eternity, and, and now he has appeared, this one Jesus. And John was an, an eyewitness to it, and he said, we proclaim this to you, we testify to it, we proclaim it that you might know. And so this is where we're going to pick it up, that, that they had to share it here in, in verses uh, 3 and 4. They they had to share what they had heard. They had to proclaim it. They had to let other people know why for this one thing here, this thing we call koinonia. We're going to define that in a minute, but uh, the translations, uh, uh, the majority of them translate that word as what? Fellowship. 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 Hello. I just want to see if you're listening now. They translate this word koinonia as fellowship. And and this is what John is kind of focusing in on in in these uh, verses we're going to look at today. Verses 3 and 4, he says, We proclaim to you what we have seen and heard so so that you also may have fellowship or koinonia with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. Why did they have to share it? Why did they have to, you know, proclaim it, to make it known openly, to declare what they had seen and heard? Why? The, the key is this idea of fellowship, this idea of koinonia. Now, uh, it's interesting to me, and, and I think this applies to us too, and as, as, as we go through the scripture, I think if we never apply it to ourselves, we're not going to grow, we're not going to go forward at all in our lives. We have to take that word and apply it to ourselves. But John had this testimony, and this is what he's saying, this is, our, this is what we saw and this is what we heard. And he was telling other people about it, he wrote it down. But I'm sure he wasn't just writing it down, he was speaking out. In fact, in, in Acts chapter 4, they were facing persecution, Peter and John. And, and, and this is what they said in Acts, Acts chapter 4, verse 20. It said, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. We have to let other people know. This is not you know, something that this, this is a well-kept secret. Even at the cost of persecution, uh, Peter and John said, you know, we've got to let other people know. I, I, and I think today, even in our world today, the things that are going on in our world, you know, uh, uh, I, I get uh, uh, information and, and um, things from Amir Sarfati, and he says, you know what? We need to be letting people know now that Jesus is the way and the truth and the lie. Because what we call the rapture is coming quickly and then we will not be here to let them know about Jesus Christ, the way, the truth, and the life. We need to let them know now. You and I have a personal testimony. You know, we, we, each of us as believers, if you are a true believer, you have a story you have a story. You have a, a, a testimony. And we've been doing that recently, uh, having folks come in, and share, you know, the short and concise version of their testimonies. You need to be able to let people know about your story in five minutes or less. You don't have, you know, people don't have an hour to hear your whole, let me tell you my whole story. No, boil it down. If they want to know more, they can, they can ask about more. But you have a story. And I might tap you on the shoulder and say, can you come and share your testimony? Some of you are going, no, I hope he never does that to me because I will have like a heart attack because public speaking is like, for many people, the number one fear over the fear of death, the fear of public speaking. But as Amber showed, you can actually do it and survive. She's alive today. Look. So, so I may I may ask you uh to come and share but the the point of this is, is that that's what John and and Peter were doing that's where you and I you know you know uh with our families with our friends with our neighbors and and you know uh sometimes you're not going to be always received I know I'm going off on this a little bit but but it's so important this is this whole eyewitness testimony of John you know uh I with one of my family members and, you know, I, I said, I'm praying for you. I'm praying for you every day. Listen, they said, I don't care. I don't really want you praying for me every day. I want you to send me a text every day. And I'm going like, now what do I do? I'm going to keep praying for you and, and uh, you know, I don't know if I can think of something to text you every day, you know, but I'm still kind of working through that one. So, but but the point is we we can pray for people and then what is it that we're going to share with them? So so you and I each one of us has a testimony. So John's giving his testimony so that there's a reason for it. There's a reason you and I would tell somebody else about our relationship with God. We don't do it just because, you know, we're proud of ourselves or you know, we, you know, we want to let them know how much we know. The only reason we would tell them is because we want them to have it too. And that's what John is saying. He's saying we're doing this so that, that's what he says there in verse 3, we proclaim to you what we've seen and heard so that you also, that you too may have the fellowship. That's the only reason. We want them to, you know, it's not something that we can just keep to ourselves. We want others to have it too. You know, these have eternal consequences. This isn't just, well, you're, you're part of a church now and you can, you know, have potlucks and, and you know, you can, you know, you know, have music. And I've been thinking about this uh, for some time. I'll just throw this in here, no extra charge. It's pretty cool that we can have a live Band every single week, isn't it? I mean, this is live music. You, you have to go pay good money to hear live music. And I don't just say that because I get to play sometimes. But I think we have something special too. And I listen to a lot of different other people and I'm going, man, we got it's pretty good what we got down there. That's pride, I'm sorry. Pride, forgive me. We can't keep it to ourselves. We got to let other people know hey, we got something that will change your life now and change your life forever. Eternity is forever. This This is the eternal consequences of this. He goes on to say, you know, this is, we do this so that. You also may have this fellowship with us, and our fellowship is with the Father and with the Son. This idea of fellowship, and again, this is this Greek word koinonia, the the translation or the the, um, meaning, the definition, a sharing, a communion, a common bond, a common life. It's something that we share together, we have in common, and that, that we commune. David Guzik said it speaks of a living Breathing, sharing, loving relationship with another person. And that person is with, with God and with each other. Notice he says here, he says here, so that you would have it, so that you would have fellowship, this koinonia, this sharing, this communion with us. He starts with the fellowship of the church, the believers, right? This is where he starts. He says, you would have fellowship with us. And, 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 but then he goes on to define what that is, you see. And, but it, but, but I, I wondered, why did he start with us? Why didn't he start with the Father and Son and then with us? But, but sometimes it starts with us. It starts with us as human beings, as people, as we share with one another our lives and people see that, and people, you know, kind of like, something's going on there with, that, with those people. But then it has to go deeper, doesn't it? It has to go just beyond us, because it's not, this is not just a social club. And, and a, lot of, a lot of churches, what are called churches, have kind of, you know, devolved into social clubs. That's all they are. That's all they have. There's no real fellowship with the Father. And there's no spiritual uh, depth to it. It's like, you know, we get along well. And, 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 and that's okay, you know. Uh, it's okay for us to have social contact, social groups, and, and maybe you're involved in some other kinds of groups where you, you, know, you connect with people, and that's okay. But if that's all it is, and for sure a church has got to be more than that. A church has got to be more than that, or it's not really the Bible definition of a church. It's deeper than that. It's based on uh, what he says here. And our fellowship, you may have fellowship with us, and our fellowship, he goes on to define it, really, and our fellowship is with the Father and with His Son, Jesus Christ, you see, it's interesting, he, 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 he really refers to the Trinity here, doesn't he? Of course, John, you know, in the Gospel of John is one of the, the biggest, uh, uh, you know, body of teaching on the divinity of the deity of Jesus Christ, uh, you know, it, it's just so powerful, it runs throughout the whole book. Of course, the whole Bible has Jesus being, you know, God the Son. We know that. But he brings it out here. He says, you would have fellowship. So he shows there is some distinction between the Father and the Son, right? But we know that there's one God and three persons. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He doesn't mention the Holy Spirit here. But the Holy Spirit is kind of like uh, that we have this fellowship with the Father and the Son by the Holy Spirit. You see, the Holy Spirit allows it and, and makes it happen. But I read in Matthew Henry, and you know I love Matthew Henry. He, he, he's like one of my best friends. But this is what he said. Let me put it up for you. He said, he, he said the defining of this is communion with heaven and the blessings from there. He talks about the communion with God and, and fellowship with Him and with the Father and with the Son. This idea of koinonia, this idea of fellowship is communion with heaven, with the Father and with the Son. That's what we're talking about here. It says, you know, John is saying, we, we proclaim to you so that you can have that with us. It's not just communion amongst ourselves, fellowship amongst ourselves, sharing amongst ourselves. Those that's good, but it's sharing and communion with heaven, with the very Creator, the Living God. You know, as I've been studying that these, you know, these two verses, and this week it's just like, you know. I just try to let these these words into my my mind and my heart. Like, what is it that you know we're getting at here? And and those words just jumped out at me: communion with heaven. That's what he wants us to have, and the blessings that are from there. I, I just want to share a little bit about Matthew Henry because because he is he's he's just so cool. But he was born in 1662 died in 1714, and he was a nonconformist minister. That means he was not part of the Church of England. He wouldn't conform, and he was an author. But He he was born in Wales, Wales, but he spent most of his life in England, and he wrote this commentary, the six volumes of commentary on the Old and New Testament. But listen to what it says about him. He spent significant amounts of time studying and writing his sermons and lectures in advance. Henry preferred to use an expository speaking style. That means explaining what the word means, explaining what the scriptures teach. He said said for each speaking engagement, he would employ different texts, base texts, to expand upon his general topic. And his, his approach to teaching was this, quote, choose for your pulpit subjects the plainest choose for your pulpit subjects the people the plainest and most needful truths and endeavor to make them plainer i love that you know we we could get into all the finer you know points and all that and they do that in the seminaries and all that but 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 the basic truths of the of the bible we need to know and he says make them even plainer and he says when writing, it says about him, he would remain close to the literal interpretation of biblical passages. These writings would later form the basis of this commentary that he put together and wrote. Where did I read that? Blue-letter Bible, of course. Actually, I read that somewhere else, but, but what, I, what I meant was, all of this commentary, Matthew Henry, is found. Every single page of it is found in the Blue Letter Bible. You can go to any verse and click on it and, and go to the commentaries and you'll go, you can go right to Matthew Henry's teaching and, and expository about this. Some of the language is a little bit whole, old, but, but you can still get there. If I can get there, phew, easy for you. And for grace... No problem. This koinonia. You know, the truth of the matter is that Jesus came to make this possible. He came to make that possible. You see, in Genesis chapter 3, you know, you look back in the creation. Why did God create man? Why, why are we here? He created man to have this koinonia, this fellowship, this relationship and and you read about it in genesis chapter 3 right what happened the fall came and, and but but you know god the father you know he's walking through the the garden in the cool of day and he's wanting to have this relationship this fellowship with adam and eve and 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 that's where we read at you know where are you well you know and this is when they begin to hide, you see, because the relationship, this koinonia, the sharing, communing relationship is broken because of what? Because of sin. Our sins separate us from God. And so, so God said, you know what, I, I, I've got to do something about this. And that's why he sent his son Jesus Christ to, to renew that fellowship, that communion that, that he created us for, you see. 1 Corinthians 1 says this, God who has called you into fellowship with His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, is faithful. He's called us to that. The Father's calling us to this relationship, this koinonia. Pastor Chuck's commentaries, by the way, are also found in the Blue Letter Bible. All his commentaries on every verse in the Bible. Others are found in there as well, too. David Guzik's are found right there. They're all right there. Why would you not have that on your phone? But Pastor Chuck said this. I read, I read his commentary about this. He, he, he asked this question. How would you rate your fellowship with God? How would you rate, and this is a question for you right now. I'm looking at you. How would you rate your fellowship with God? And the only two options he gave in his little thing was one, casual, two, close. How would you rate your fellowship with God? Is it just casual? Oh, hi. See you later. See you next Sunday. Or is it it a real communion, a real koinonia fellowship that you have, that I have? With the Father, with the Son, through the power of the Holy Spirit? John, that's what John is longing for uh, the people he's writing to to have. First of all, you've got to begin a relationship, and as a believer you do. And and some, in this passage, some kind of look at it, well, he's speaking to believers too, uh, mainly, and you can be born again and, and, and be a true believer in Christ, but not you know, not have much koinonia fellowship with him. and I I understand that, that, you know, the differentiation there. It's true. You might be a true believer. You might be born again going to heaven. You've got your life insurance, but you have got no, you know, koinonia, no communion that's taking place with you and the Father and the Son. John, writing these words, I want you to have this. I'm writing these things so that you would have this koinonia, this communion, this fellowship. One interesting thing kind of brought out in uh, verse 2 is that before creation ever happened, before creation, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, eternal. But they had this koinonia, amongst themselves the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit for eternity past before we were ever created. And we see it here in verse 2. He says, we proclaim to you the eternal life which was with the Father and has appeared to us. And the eternal life he's speaking about is Jesus himself. He was with the Father for all eternity and, and they had this koinonia amongst themselves. And so it's kind of like that's, that's, that's the goal? That's, that's our example. That's what we're heading towards. And, and, and when we're there and we see Him face to face and we're there, we're going to be completely blown away Amen. by the koinonia, the fellowship, the sharing, the communion that, that is there in heaven. So let me ask it one more time. Do we have it? Do we know it? Do we even know? What, do you even have an, any idea what I'm talking about? You're going like, i got to get the Blue Letter Bible because I have no idea what he's talking about. The, it, it's very simple. It's a fellowship. It's a communion. It's a sharing of life with you and the Father and the Son by the Holy Spirit. And then, and then through that, us sharing our life together here as believers. Is this making any sense to you? Hello? We'll get to this uh, in a uh, coming week, probably next week, where in verse 6, he says that we can claim to have fellowship with God, but we don't. And then he says in verse 7, he says, you know, if we do have fellowship, communion with God, it's going to affect how we live. It's going to affect who we are. It's going to affect, you know, what what happens in our lives if we really have it? Someone uh, said this. Uh, Ken Ken Graves up in Bangor, Maine. He he quoted this. He, he didn't write it. He didn't come up with it. But he's saying he's talking about believers. He he says them that is, them that isn't, and then them that think they is but isn't. We either. We either are or we aren't. It's a kind of a scary place to be. And if you think you are and you really aren't and, and you, have, you have no fellowship at all with God at, at all. Challenging, huh? Let's wrap it up with verse four because we're going to have communion right now and, and, and talk about that. But, but he says, we write this, not only that you would have the fellowship, but we write this that, that our joy would be made complete. And some, some translations, they're not totally sure what that should be, is make your joy or make our joy. But you know what? I think they're both true. Because if, if, it's, if it's John's joy, he, he's going to be over the moon, so to speak, if they're having this fellowship and joy in relationship with God. So it really is both. That, that we could have this joy. And he says that it would be complete. We write this to make our joy, your joy, complete. And the word literally means filled to the top. Full up. All to the top. And, and you know, the longer I live in this world, the, the, the more I realize that the true joy doesn't come from this life and this world. It doesn't come in, in, you know, our accomplishments. Oh, I did that, you know, and, and you, you're happy about it for about five minutes. But true joy comes in this fellowship, in this communion, this part, partaking, fellowship, sharing with the Father and with the Son, this relationship. And Warren Wiersbe said it, joy is a is a result of a close fellowship with Christ. That's where it comes from. We're going to have communion now. We're going to have... Uh, you know, the little cups with the bread on top and that. You know, they're kind of funky. I'll be honest with you. I don't really like them that much. But we got a bunch, so we got to use them up. (laughs) So, but, you know, it's a kind of a symbolic thing, right? Did I put that... It's hard to read that. Is, that. is that hard for you to read, or are my eyes just going bad? Huh? Is my eyes, right? I can't see you. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion, the koinonia of the blood of Christ, the bread which we break, is it not the communion, the koinonia of the body of Christ? Some uh, translations say the participation, the partnership, some say, the sharing in, uh, others say. So we're, we're, we're partaking. This is where the word communion comes from. It's the word koinonia. It's sharing in. Now, now you know, I, I don't really mind that we use these little cups and things because it's, what we're talking about is really symbolic. We don't teach that, you know, that that juice actually becomes the body, uh, the blood and the, the cracker becomes the body of Christ. There's no miracle transubstantiation. We don't teach that. Uh, Paul says you do these things to remember what Jesus has done. And so we do that. But, but there's something very special about this, that we do this together as we remember this, this communion The 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 communion, the sharing together of the blood of Christ that we that we participate in, and we remember it anew. One one interesting thing about uh, uh, going backwards, I kind of left this out though. This idea of communion, uh, it it fits here though. We we have a a, the base word kind of goes into other words like community, right, and communication, and. And to commune, speak back and forth. And and that's the word that uh, Koine, uh, Koinonia comes from the base word, which is Koine or Koinos, which means common. They they shared it together in common. The the language, uh, the common language of the day, uh, who can tell me what it was? Koine Greek. Koine Greek. And everybody spoke, it was something they shared in common. And so for us to, to to partake of what we call communion, we share of it. And, and I want it kind of opened my eyes. We just use the term, well, we're having communion this week. No, we're having participation, sharing. We're, we're having communion with the Father and the Son, with heaven, through the blood of Christ. This is how we have communion and fellowship with God through what Jesus Christ did for us. And so we come to remember. And and so Uh, I'm going to pray right now and then then we'll play some music and I want you to go back to the table and and to grab one for yourself. And and as you do that, it's like I am going to participate and I am, my life has been changed by the body and the blood of Jesus Christ. This is real for me. If it's not real for you, then you probably shouldn't do it. You shouldn't do it. Don't do it as a show. You're, you don't want to be one, as I said, uh, how did that go again? Them that think they is but isn't. You know, you don't want to do that. It's, it's, it's really, it's, it's not doing anything for you. But on the other hand, You can pray right now as we pray and let the Lord be a part of your life and then you go back there and say, yes, I want this and and this is what I am all about. So we're going to pray right now because the Lord is listening. He's been here the whole time. Jesus is, is here. When two or more of you gather in my name, he said, there I am in your very midst. He's here and he's sharing with us. So, let's pray. Father in heaven, we thank you for your word. It's so full and rich and powerful. And as, he, as it says there, you know, it's living and active and, and able to pierce even to the dividing of soul and spirit and, and, and joints and marrow in the very, into the very heart, the very parts, the deepest parts of who we are. And I pray, Lord, that Your words would would just do such a powerful work in us. We've been challenged today uh, about communing, about communion with heaven, communion with you, Father, with you, Jesus. What's our fellowship with heaven like? Is it real? is it casual is it close Lord I know uh, you know our our spirit is willing and our flesh is weak and and you know we we fight this battle it's a battle our spirit's really want to have a much deeper walk with you and as the old hymn goes a closer walk with thee but our flesh is just wants to go the other way. We pray you'd give us the strength to, to do the right thing, to do the, the most important thing and build that relationship with you, build that koinonia with you. Father, I thank you for Your faithfulness. You've called us into fellowship and you are faithful. I pray now too, Lord, for any maybe who who really they 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 just don't know. They just don't have that with you. I pray that that right now you you would be like tapping them right on the shoulder and saying, Lord, or excuse me, saying, person, I want to have fellowship with you. I want to be in your life. I want to save you and rescue you and, and do a work that will last through all eternity. Maybe you're sensing them. Maybe you are hearing something you never heard before. You can pray with me right now. and It's a simple prayer that I prayed many years ago. Dear Jesus, I ask you into my life. I pray you'd forgive me and cleanse me of my sin. And be my Lord and be my Savior. Today, August 1st, 2021.